and welcome <laughs> to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. Uh, my name is Todd, and I'm here with uh, two members of my firefighting family. I've got Scott. Hey. And I've got Ash. Oh, hey there. Uh, if our audio sounds a little different tonight, it's because we are in the three, middle Three of, idiots in a truck. <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. Three idiots in a truck because our... Well, we came up for a little bit of a hunting weekend at the cabin, and our boys are way too high on sugar and um, maybe a monster or two, and they're causing way too much chaos in the cabin, so we had to bail. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us tonight. Um, do we have any news, guys? Anything of? No, I don't no, think so. Yeah. We have no reception up here, so the, the yeah. world could be ending right now. Yeah, we pretty much don't know what's I, going on. I think COVID's over, I bet, when we oh, get back. Oh, it must be very yeah, close. It's probably eh? over. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the news, <laughs> <we> get back. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess what we're going to talk about, to start off with anyway. So I was away last week. Um, I was fortunate enough to do a week-long training event for our SISM team. So our SISM is our Critical Incident Stress Management Team. Our, so our kind of a, a peer training program, what we have. Uh, so basically what that means is, um, depending on whatever the event may be, and it might not necessarily be an event for a call. It could just be, we could be called or triggered by um, any uh, staff member who maybe has received a, a bad call or a whole pile of calls and it's all commutative. Um, or maybe they're just, you know, at wit's end and their other things are piling up and they don't know what resources to turn they could call us and we can provide them with that support and resources if available. Um, majority of the activations are from um, a serious call. Um, generally what we've noted is like our uh, multiple uh, casualty calls, our MSI, MCIs, um, any event with children is a big trigger event For as sure. well. Um, anything basically that affects the innocent. So like um, uh, an innocent bystander or something like a ped struck or things like that, you know, um, things like that. There's a variety of others, but those are kind of the big, big events. So basically what happens is we will get, uh, we'll get a page, we'll get a, a phone call or a text message from our coordinators who kind of receive the initial contact information and then they'll, they'll try and match a peer. So when I say peers, we're all paramedics, um, we're all different license categories, different life skills, different uh, areas in the province that we, we've worked so they can kind of pair up the right person who's calling for help. You know, because let's say, for example, if we have a um, critical care paramedic who's been on for 20 plus years you know they get triggered by an event you know their reaction and when they talk to somebody they may not want to talk to somebody who's been in the service for a year who's like a, a emr or a pcp level like you want something more relatable um so not to say that person may not be great at sism and being a peer but you just don't know what you're going to get out of that person in that conversation. So that's why we have a big variety of um, different medics with different skill sets and life skills uh, to kind of pull from. So they'll try and pair up um, <clears throat> the pairing of the, of the two. Um, initial phase, we do what's called a peer check-in. So we'll find out the, uh, as much history as we can. Uh, it does become quite challenging if, uh, 
we're going to be able to get the details of the call if it is a, an event. Um, sometimes we may not know what the type of event is other than, hey, this crew had a very tough call. Um, they were activated by a supervisor because uh, it was flagged and categorized as a, as a severe call. So we're calling to just to check in and see if they'll open up and we'll get some history from them what the event was. Um, and then, yeah, basically from there, we'll, we'll just kind of get the ball rolling and, and make that phone call to reach out. So in your guys' service, you have somebody that's actually watching for these calls. Yeah, so in a perfect world, um, a dispatcher or somebody in the supervisor group um, will make the phone call or trigger the SISM team activation right, right away after a critical event. Right. Um, sometimes it, it may not happen. Um, and then secondary to that, uh, which, is, which is difficult because first responders were never really good at asking for help, Absolutely. reaching for help. So we're trying to change the mindset of, hey, I was on a bad call. I'm going to phone the SISM team. Say, hey, just, I was on this call. You know, give me a call back. <clears throat> and, um, you know, maybe at that point they'll be able to provide us some support if, if needed. Right. We were talking how it's changed a lot, right? Because back in the Huge. day it used to be, you have to be there, you have to talk, you have to... Yeah. Basically, you're getting sismed. <laughs> you're getting sismed. <laughs> you're getting sismed yeah. to death. It's pushed, um, pushed on. It's pushed you on you, and that, and and they realize it's not the way to do it. Yeah. Well, two two thoughts to that. I mean, one, there was there wasn't anything for the longest time. Right. Like we'd literally go to a horrific call, and you know we'd be trying to figure out how to sort it out in our in our own heads, and the next thing you know, we're getting called by dispatch and other supervisors saying, "Hey, you know, can you clear where there's more calls waiting? Like, let's go." Keep, keep going, right? Get back on the road. Um, so it just keeps piling and piling and piling. And we really had no uh, research or, or information on how to actually deal with this as first responders. Right. Um, but And then there was some very bad programs where they group everybody together and say, yeah, you have to attend. Like, this is mandatory. And they start talking about the operations of the call. And it's like, well, no, this is not an operational debrief. You know, and then they'd be like, okay, we're going in a circle and everybody has to say something. <laughs> how are you feeling? <laughs> well, fuck you. That's how I'm feeling. <laughs> like, I don't want to talk. This is awkward as hell. Yeah. So, yeah, that was very forced along people and towards people. And that was pretty hard for the most part. Um, so now it's, yeah, it's a lot different, you know. So now it's they are all voluntary. Um, you know, we express that. So there's different, I should back up. There's, there's different categories. So the first thing we're going to do is reach out and do a phone call. Um, and we just call it peer check-in. You know, then the next level is if we need to form a uh, diffusing, right? So it's a little bit past what we call bumper talk in the past. It's, it's an organized diffusing event, uh, generally within uh, eight hours of the event, ideally within the past, next couple of hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's the formalized debriefing after the fact. Um, and that's kind of uh four days kind of is, is is a good framework up to 72 hours after the fact so that's your formal debriefing and that's when we actually have uh multiple peers cism peers involved uh, and also a, a clinician so actually somebody who's smart <laughs> so, so what's the diffusing do so the diffusing is so the first this is the second one second, yeah, yeah so well let's, let's talk about the peer check-in first sure. so kind of um the peer the the phone call check-in is very similar to the to the face-to-face diffusing or like a zoom diffusing they can do now as well because um, it's very it is very short we're kind of talking like 30 minutes 20 30 minutes for a diffusing right. 
Um, but the pure check-in could be two minutes and it could be 20 minutes depending on how the person reacts to it. Um, so there's seven phases of the structure, right? For the diffusing end and whatnot. So basically it's the introduction, you know, hi, my name's Todd. I'm uh, one of your uh, paramedic peers on the SISM team. I've been called to, um, uh, to give you a ring, do, do a check-in. You know, I hear you did a, uh, a pretty horrible call, you know, this morning or whatever the example may be, right? Mm -hmm. You know, then it, every answer we're, we're feeling them out, seeing, you know, are they really okay with this? Which they very well might be. Or there might be other things building, uh, it might not even be this call, it might be a whole bunch of other accumulated stresses that could be building up. Um, so it's like I said, it's just that, that check-in. So that's our, our fact phase, right? So we're, we're digging for some facts. We're like, hey, you know, Scott, what was what was the call? You know, I didn't really hear about the event. What, what type of call did you guys get sent to? Right. Oh, well, I got sent to, you know, a seven-car MVA and there was 30 patients. Oh, geez, okay. Well, that was pretty bad. You know, have you been to one of these before? And Yeah, you know, I've done one before. It's horrific, et cetera, et cetera. You know, so then you get, get the conversation flowing. Right. There's always a bit of operational talk. Um, but, you know, we generally try and cap that and steer it back into more so of how you're feeling about the event and how you're doing. Um, so then we go into like the thought phase and the reaction phase. Um, so then it's, it's more so, well, you know, what was the first thing that you thought of, you know, when you were the first car in? You know, holy shit, well, I was feeling really overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Boom. You know, then we talk about that. It gets that conversation mm -hmm. going. And what it's actually doing is it's just kind of subconsciously, you know, healing your brain like it, it's 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 getting these thoughts and feelings out mm. without having to sit there and actually talk about your feelings you know because if i just came up to you and, hey hey scott how are you feeling right now right you're gonna look at me like i'm an idiot and you're not gonna talk to me yeah. you know but if we can bullshit and relate like oh shit dude yeah i was at an mci a couple years ago and it was, it was it felt pretty helpless yeah man i totally felt helpless right, right. so there boom i just validated your feelings so now you're automatically opening up to me so uh, a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of practice and a lot of information on how to have these open-ended conversations, <clears throat> things like that. Um, does it only have to be, like, horrible, like, death? And, no. Or can it just be anything where it's like, you know, maybe everybody survived the MCI, but it was like... Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a great point. Like, like I said, like, um, in that information phase, as I'm trying to gather a bit of information... I could ask like, hey, well, you know, you know, what was the what was the biggest thing that stuck out for you, you know, in that call? Well, shit, you know, I've I've done calls like that, you know, it, it was pretty good, but you know that that one patient looked just like you know my family member or whatever, like whatever other little mm -hmm. disturbance there may be that could be affecting you, right. or man, that's you know my daughter's same vehicle, yeah. you know, right. for an example, like yeah. there could be multiple little things that connect the dots. So see, like what I was thinking. Um, like even in the summer when we had our big fire, um, you know the initial initial hour, two hours of that fire, mm -hmm. that was stress. That was, uh, you know, it was it was like like especially with Ash. I think you were the first truck in, right? Yeah, yeah, like lots of stress. We had one of our guys uh, get a little um, like heat exhaustion. Yeah, heat exhaustion. Yeah. Uh, you know, just piles of stress. We never had a debrief or anything on it because mm -hmm. like no one got injured. Everybody did well. Do you still do a schism on that? You don't have to do a schism. I mean, there are going to be operational debriefs, right? Yeah. Versus which we did. I mean, like we, we ended up doing that psychological yeah. debrief, yeah. right? Like yeah. four or five or days afterwards, mm -hmm. yeah. we're all back together. It's kind of a breakdown practice. of the whole thing. But. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And and I think as a group, as 
firefighters because there's so many of us and we always see each other you know we can kind of tell if somebody's off right so i think at that point then we kind of start our own system stuff yeah because i think people only think it's when uh, there's someone dead or dying or mm-hmm. no um, not at all like you know yeah. i mean you know you get a house fire that's uh, crazy but no one dies but it's like you know just all this stress gets heaped on you yep and maybe you're the first one there and go oh i'm super stressed and then afterwards you're just like okay i just will wander off <laughs> well and that's just it so i mean maybe you know let's say okay i had a fire and i was traumatized by some patients that we or victims and stuff that we dealt with um and then you know Four months later, we get another structure fire, and I feel like that going into it, but there's no patience. Right. And then I come right. out of it feeling, whew, that was awesome. We did great. Right. You know, there's no triggers. There's no maybe maybe no smell trigger of burnt flesh and hair and things yeah. like that, right? Because right. triggers can be a smell. They can be a sight. They can be right. a touch. You know, anything. Uh, smell is one of the strongest senses that we have right. for you know, triggering right. event. So, yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be like that. Like I said, there's, there's a difference between the operational... Um, debriefings versus what we're doing in the system right, management right. yeah so it can it can definitely be different different style yeah so like so the the phone check-ins and then the diffusing are very similar so then we kind of get into like our our symptom phase you know well you know, hey you know like um how you've been doing after the fact like are you getting lots of sleep oh man no i, I haven't been sleeping at all you know i keep having uh, these visions or flashbacks it's like okay well, that, that's a change, right? So then I can talk about some of the symptomology. And then with that, we get into like the teaching phase and the reentry phase. So that teaching and education is, hey, you know, like if you're having problems sleeping, you could reach out to your doctor. He could give you a temporary sleep aid because, you know, sleeping is, is very uh, important as part of the recovery process for our brain, which we don't actually think about. But if you don't get into that deep REM sleep, you know, for an hour a night, you know, that's your brain isn't processing those toxic chemicals that are already in there. They're built up. So like there's, there's a lot of physiological education that goes with it. Um, and then nutrition, of course, and then, um, any sort of exercise or activity. So we don't want to say, you know, Hey, um, you know, you really need to do some exercise to feel better. <laughs> like you that? Know? Yeah. Well, right. <laughs> there you go. So I was like, well, fuck you, man. No, like I don't. <laughs> I like my belly. <laughs> you know, like who, who knows what the trigger may be? Like maybe that's a trigger question for the person, you know? So it doesn't have to be that. It can be a hobby. Hey, what do you do for a hobby? You know, or, or you know, you mentioned uh, in the past you've, you've um, you know, had these events. You know, what did you do to, um, you know, to start make yourself feel better afterwards? Oh, well, you know, I, I usually go hiking or I go out hunting or, you know, I go paddle boarding or I go for a walk perfect hey do that again find, find a, a similar activity or hobby that you're already doing we're not asking you to say hey well you haven't you've never exercised before well hey this was a pretty shitty event so you should go jump on a treadmill or run around the block you're gonna look at me like i'm a fucking idiot and tell me to yeah. piss off was one of the uh started one of the law enforcement guys and in the academy they were at <laughs> the system guy come in and give their give his his lecture and, yeah and uh he's like yeah you know and he basically said the same thing you know you go for a walk you you take that walk He's like, you, uh, you have a beer? You, you take your beer. And he's like, you smoke a joint? You go smoke that joint. And this is before anything in Canada was legal. <laughs> and everyone's like, what? <laughs> it's a law enforcement academy. Everyone's like, what? So he leaves and all the instructors are like, okay, let's get this clear. <laughs> he's like, you do not go smoke a joint. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, like... 
obviously there's a lot of education with us, you know, looking for red flags when we're phoning or talking with somebody. Um, generally, and this is generally, you know, first responders, um, I'm not saying everybody drinks, but like we, in that bumper talk and diffusing almost like, like when we're hanging out with buddies, you're going to have a beer. So yeah, you can still go have a beer. Like I'm not going to say, Hey, no alcohol tonight or no alcohol for this, this week, you know, because it affects your REM sleep, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I'm going to say, Hey, you know what? If you have a couple of beers tonight, you know, what we recommend, what I've learned in our training is, you know, just cut it in half, you know, just for a little while so you can, you know, start getting this, mm-hmm. you know, like baby steps, right? Like we're mm-hmm. not sitting here trying sure. to make a, a world of a difference right away. Like we, we have to get the buy-in first. Right. Right. Yeah. And with that, you know, then if you're going to say, Hey, you know, thanks for talking to me tonight, Scott. Uh, what are you going to do tonight? Well, I just got a 15 pack, so I'm just going to go sit down and drink the whole thing. <laughs> okay, well now I don't really drink a 30 pack. <laughs> <laughs> Not me, but <laughs> yeah. So you told me to drink half. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Drink 30. Yeah, 15 is perfect. <laughs> yeah, so there's there's lots of little things to do to um, engage in that conversation. It's it, it's like doing a little bit of investigation, like a fire investigation or whatever, or like an ass- patient assessment, right? Like you're always digging and then your responses are going to find once you hear your response. Right. So, um, yeah, and it's it's feeling them out and seeing, okay, well, what do they have in their life right now for re- resources? If not, you know, then I pass that other information phase on. So, okay, well, hey, you know what? We have over 100 clinical um, psychologists and counselors that we uh, work with. You know, you can talk to, there's 12 uh, free visits um, a year. And, you know, it's it's super cash. Like, they, they get it. They're, they're vetted by us. They know what first responders do. So, you're not going to be walking into some shrink and then explaining what a paramedic or firefighter does. Right, yeah. You right. know, like, because then where's the buy-in? Like, yeah. You're just going to sh- shut right up because, again, we don't like talking about our feelings. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a... Uh, that's kind of the, the phone call phase, right? That, that check-in. Um, when we start doing our diffusing, ideally, like I said, that's kind of within um, the eight hours or so after the after a critical event uh, or a day or two after a critical event. Um, get together, a couple members. Um, it can be totally informal, you know, always making sure it's a convenient time for them as well because, again, we want to really express that, hey, this is not operational it's not an operational debrief this is just a check-in this is uh, totally voluntary however we would really like you to participate um because again like you may be 100 fine with it so you're like man yeah i don't i don't have an issue with it but i'll stay and then that may empower other people um the other big thing is the homogenous groups so homogenous meaning that we want to make sure the exposure is the same to everybody so let's say we do go to a house fire, mm. you know, the first engine, you know, those three guys end up pulling somebody out of the house and victim out. And then the next two guys on the other hose line, you know, they there, they assist you at the doorway and they start doing the recess. So that group is going to be the homogenous group. That's, that's going to be the most right. intimate with that particular event where I'm not going to say, Hey, we're on the water tender. <laughs> everybody's coming to this. Yeah. Everybody on that call has come into this. So the guy that was, you know, Two blocks away, like you said, like running the hydrant and walking the lines and doing this or back totally, to the station, yeah, <laughs> making the coffee. We don't need that, yeah. right? Yeah. We don't need that at all. So it has to be an homogenous group, um, so that exposure uh, is all the same. So we call it, yeah, the psychological toxicity, right? Um, 
yeah, so ideally we can only want, you know, kind of two to 20 for a group size. Um, and usually one team member for every five or six participants. Right. Yeah, that, so that's, it gets quite large when you start talking large groups. Um, and then the follow-up stuff, right? Like you want to make sure you have, you know, enough time to, to set things up. So you talk to dispatch. So like, hey, these guys are out of service for 30 minutes. Right. You know, so we're going we're gonna to come in. We're going to say, hey, guys, thanks. You know, uh, my name's Todd. I'm part of the SISM team. Uh, we're here just to kind of chat out, chat with you. You know, we're going to hang out. Um, you know, we want you to, you know, take this moment. Have you guys catch your breath. So turn your radios off. Put your phones on silent. You know, try and set the tone a little bit. Um, so this is this is your time, you know, uh, this is totally uh, voluntary to participate. However, you know, it is very beneficial for you to, to partake. Um, you know, I want you guys to kind of stick around for a little bit. We're going to be about 20, 30 minutes. We're just going to talk about a few things about, about the event. And we've got some food and snacks here and stuff as well. And we're going to hang out and, and offer you some uh, uh, some other support so if, if you need any. You know, like just, just really make it casual. And then we always want to offer some nutrition as well because, you know, as we learned, we, the brain needs protein and water and hydration mm -hmm. and stuff. So, um, yeah. So we really want to set that set that mood, get the buy-in. Funny story about the uh, food, the protein thing. One of the um, the cops I know, he carries a uh, Snickers bar on him in case he gets <laughs> in a shooting. <laughs> so he eats a Snickers bar because I guess because the uh, chocolate gives you like a little bit of energy boost, and your uh, <laughs> and the peanuts gives you <laughs> give you the protein you need. I'm like. <laughs> Is that science, or are you just making that up? He's like, mm. he just watched that commercial, yeah. <laughs> like, Danny DeVito, and then you turn into an old person. Yeah. <laughs> Might not be the best after a shooting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's um, it's very interesting. There, there is a whole lot of um, you know, pathophysiology and like crazy information. You know, just just facts on learning how our brain and the chemicals that are produced, how it actually is all tied together, um, which, you know, in medical school, school you, you learn a lot of this, but you don't really tie it together. Right. Um, so there's still a lot of information, you know, like I, I personally want to learn more about a lot of events, so I'll be more comfortable talking in, to groups um, and setting that stuff up. Um, however, one thing that was brought up was actually our famous dark humor, right? We really cope well with that you know we're some funny fuckers mm -hmm. but in our own groups <laughs> so a lot of times our spouses <laughs> may not think we're pretty funny because no, no. our sense of humor is haywire yeah. however that's why we're that... in a truck right now <laughs> <nowhere>. <laughs> but it helps us mm -hmm. and part of that is key you know laughter is key it's it's going to help us it's going to help um, bring those walls down a little bit to get get talking about things Obviously, in a diffusing or a debriefing moment, um, you know, the clinician or the peer uh, system member, you know, if that humor ever gets directed towards an individual, we're going to shut it down. But we need to keep it, keep it light and then steer the conversations away as, as needed. But, um, yeah, that, that is important, too, because I've, I've had one counselor give us some training in years past where he was a hard line on it. He was like, no, there's, there's no crosstalk. There's no, no humor in this setting, <laughs> which I felt was hard, but that was my first exposure to actually learning about this sort of stuff. I really didn't know shit about it. Um, but yeah, now I tell you, it, it, it is very important. And our other, um, counselors that taught us this weekend, they really emphasize that as well. Good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
it's a lot. It was a, a long week, lots of information. There's a ton of points I'm not hitting on um, that are very important in it as well. But well, you you were talking about 72 hours. Did I miss that part? Mm-hmm. Did I miss it? Nope, you didn't miss it. That's right. for, for a debriefing. Yeah, so for, you, for a formalized so, so formalized debriefing. And why is it seventy? Why is it yeah. so much later? Because you need time for your brain to start processing the yeah. event. Yeah, right. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because that is another uh, thing they tell the uh, law enforcement guys that they get in a shooting. They do a um, they do a real quick. Um, on this day, I was in a shooting. This mm-hmm. happened like real quick. Their report, and then seventy two hours later, they they write their full report. They do their full debrief. Because right. before they may be like, "Hey, get in there now. We're talking. We're interviewing you." And the guy's like, "Ah," <laughs> yeah. And like all the information's wrong. And they're you like, "You're lying to us." Yeah. yeah. He's like, "I don't know. I fired one round." And they're like, "No, you fired 15. You're lying." Mm-hmm. And then they realize, "Oh wait, he's not lying. He literally, his brain just blocks things out." So, so he or she. further to that, uh, the gentleman who was actually teaching this course, uh, Jess Ram, um, he is a retired um, uh, Vancouver Police Inspector. Right. And very heavy in multiple facets of the organization as mm. a supervisor. And now he's retired and has his own clinical practice of this. And he's very passionate about it. And even he mentioned, he said, so what they have done now, they have changed their practice, is that uh, after a critical event like that for, say, a shooting, mm. um, they have to wait for that um, debriefing. But they also wait and then do the um, instant reporting right. before the debriefing just yeah because the judges will start well not that so long it's like well you know now you're in this group debriefing and everybody's mm-hmm. talking about the event right now right. how is your your one-on-one one yeah. history could be different so it could be yeah. changed yeah so yeah they make sure that they do there's a delay um but then they report it before for the, the actual group, debriefing. Before the group, debriefing. group debriefing yeah yeah anyways incredibly interesting um you know, it's uh, it's a huge asset to our organization and our fire hall. Um, you know, to have our own SISM debriefers, uh, or sorry, not debriefers, SISM mem- team members, uh, to do these kind of uh, peer check-ins, um, and then do some diffusings after a large-scale event, and then we can identify as well if we need to do a formal debriefing, then bring an actual counselor in. So, yeah, it was a it was a lot to go through. Um, like I said, I, I do look forward to learning more about it. I've got lots of books to keep continue reading on it, because so, it's not just a quick one week of practice. Like it's a lot, a lot of practice on just the right, education right, skill yeah. set. Mm-hmm. Is there ongoing training for that? For like what you can like, do you go back for a refresher or do you? I really don't know yet. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. All right. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, anything else? That is it on that one. <laughs> oh, am I a host too, Devin? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anything else, guys? <laughs> uh, what else were we going to talk about? We were going to talk about... Um, shit, what was it now? I'm totally drawing a black. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we had it all lined up. Did we? Did we, or is it the whiskeys? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Too soon for the Christmas truck. <laughs> Uh, I think uh, I, I know what we were going to talk about. It was the uh, was the new guys were hiring, the new people were hiring. Right. Yeah. We so we're we're, we're actually uh, we had talked about this. Um, um, we were hiring a student. We're trying to make the. Uh, so we're actually going to make this. Stu- we're actually going to hire a bunch of students, but unfortunately, what happened was a bunch of them 
Um, I think two, we had three lined up, and I think two cancel us. Yeah, two of them weren't able to uh, make the commitment work. Yeah, right. Uh, via just personal or sports or, you know, whatever it is. So. Yeah. So the um, so we end up with one student, but we obviously we're not we can't run a recruit training with one. So yeah. we we actually end up hiring two uh, two more uh, regular members. Um, they're starting a couple weeks, um, but it's interesting with the student because now we have to figure out where his role is going to be mm-hmm. in the fire hall because he, he's is the student driving it or not yet? He can drive. Okay, that's, yeah. that's an asset because we yeah. had a couple students where. They weren't driving it, but they were very engaged. Right. So, right. and it was challenging for them. I felt for them because they weren't making a lot of the calls. Right. Literally, unless mom was dropping them off at the hall. Right. Um, which sometimes it would make, and they'd make, you know, third truck. Yeah. Um, but then very, but, way more engaging as soon as they got their license. I guess at least to a uh, question to you. Um, how much did they do at what age? In the, um, in the, on the fire? In the beginning. So, like, say, the, our, our grade 11s. Yeah. Um, it was more so because they were only making the practices and not real fire calls yet. Um, it was just, it was a lot of drilling, a lot of practice. Um, the few calls that they did make, total supportive. Right. Paired up mm-hmm. with somebody, you know, helping SCBAs, helping do some cleanup, things like that. Unless they had that point where they, hey, they were doing very well in their SCBAs and throwing ladders and doing that, you know, then we get them involved in the mop up. But that's kind of it. They wouldn't really be doing much else. Right. Mop up and other supportive measures and then when did they start becoming an actual more so once they started driving essentially sometimes it just depends if you're there for that seat to fill right mm-hmm. oh so it wasn't yeah. the fact that you wouldn't let them in or, or... nope no, oh, absolutely they just not. couldn't get there yeah they just couldn't get there in the beginning uh, yeah. and then the students who were driving um, or like the the ones kind of end of grade 12 that started getting their driver's license um, yeah then we'd issue them a pager and well actually no I shouldn't say that the other ones had a pager as well but they just couldn't make it Right. Um, but then, yeah, then they actually would get utilized on the fire. So they're like a regular, they, they like a regular member? You treat them like a regular member almost? Uh, like a probationary member. Right. Yeah. Right. So not making first truck right. unless there's literally nobody there. So our instruction was, hey, stand to the side of the truck so the white officer knows you are here. Then if there's nobody else coming in yet and he wants to roll, yeah. if there's a seat, he's going to grab you. Or if I know, hey, I'm going to a structure fire, and I know there's going to be another truck coming in, yeah, you're guess what? You're going to be sitting there for that second, third truck. Yeah. Right. But you, you had to make yourself identifiable so the officer could grab you. Right. Yeah. I think that's where uh, we were, we, we've been doing some checking to see what other departments are doing age-wise, age restrictions. Because um, mm-hmm. I know someone was like, well, you got to be like 19. I was like, well, you can be 17 and fight a war. <laughs> like in Canada, you can join the army at 17 and you fight a war. Right. Fuck, I started at 16, <laughs> showing up at the hall. Yeah. And that's where this young young fella is. I think he's, mm-hmm. six, he's 16. Almost up, he yeah. holds a driver's license from another province. He mm-hmm. moved here. Uh, but he's got a full legal uh, driver's license, so he, he can arrive. Sure, he's yeah. obviously not going to be leaving school. But yeah. he's got those evenings, those weekends. Um, I think and, I left school. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Um, but like, like Scott said. And now you're sitting in a truck with two idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. You're really showing your point. Like, mm-hmm. Don't leave school. Yeah, school. Um, 25 years later. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just, you know, really trying to navigate that. Where does this person <clears> fit in? Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's, uh, there's many aspects of what happens on practice, calls yeah. and after practice that's very adult oriented yeah so trying to sort of navigate that and and find a means of you know allowing him to fit in and feel like one of the members because that's mm-hmm. you know obviously what we're trying to 
to see happen here is, is have this young man come up as a high school student and then hopefully stay on and turn into somebody right. like like an earl like yeah. he's he's he started when he was you know, 11 or 12 yeah. or whatever yeah, yeah we, we started in the same kind of program basically yeah, for sure. we started together yeah mm-hmm. other than two different communities but same idea yeah right and you know like looking back at well a variety <laughs> of our members some that are past moved on now mm-hmm. uh, into other areas but still a couple of current ones they were in the high school program as well. They right. started out, they started out strong, and then some of them had to go back to school. As soon as that school was done, now they're living, working back in town, full-time members, right. moving it into a career. Right. right. Yeah. So it was definitely uh, a buy-in for it. This young um, this young guy's funny because uh, it was actually his buddy that wanted to be the firefighter. Right. And his buddy goes to the, the career counselor. He's like, hey, uh, yeah, I want to I join the fire department for my work experience thing. And, Career was like, okay. He's like, uh, they might need someone else to make the program work. And he's like, hey, to the other guy, to the guy that we end up hiring, hey, uh, yeah, he's going to join too. And he's like, what? Because <laughs> <laughs> we asked him, why do you want to be a firefighter? He's like, well, I didn't really want to be one of the, my buddy signed me up. We're like, oh. <laughs> and he's like, but I'm pretty interested now. <laughs> like, okay. So it's actually going to be interesting because he, he he didn't really have like we're you know we're expecting this guy to be like oh it's been my lifelong dream I was ever since yeah. I was two <laughs> he's like oh, I didn't really want to be one uh, yeah, like, <laughs> like, last awesome. month he had zero interest yeah, he's like yeah. I don't know I'm just a ex farm boy that moved to the yeah. valley here and and this is that and, yeah. you know now like Scott said he's, he's yeah I I'm kind of pumped on it like I've kind of read up on it and, you know I had a couple chats and now I'm stoked but you know and I, I think when you start aiming like. Uh, you know, we aim it to keep them a little bit, but we yeah, also, yeah. I, I, in the interview, I also aimed it to, hey, you could get a bunch of experience with us, and then you could actually use this. go join the fire academy yeah. and become a full-time member, like a, a paid member. And he's like, huh. So I said, it's like, it's a great job. And he's like, yeah. Huh. So then he started thinking about that. So. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, I find, like, looking back at my youth, you know, like, I had a couple of ideas what I wanted to do in high school, yeah. but really no fucking idea. Right. You know? Like, fire department was always part of it. It's because my dad was part of it, right? That was my introduction, you know, and then started doing other things, and then you kind of fall as as it goes. Right. So for these guys to come here, like you said, just start suddenly learning all these life skills and what you can get out of it and where you could potentially go in the future, it's pretty cool. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And then it's that small town buy-in, right, too, like what we have. Like, mm-hmm. if we can start bringing up some high school kids, it's, it's pretty fun. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. They're starting in a couple weeks. Good. No, that's exciting. I feel it's uh, it's definitely important um, to get that awareness. You know, have have that talk with them, like you said. Like, hey, like you know, after practice, like you said, it is very adult oriented conversations, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah, as long as you have that little pregame chat, say, hey, look, this is this is what the fire department is. This is the culture. This is it. You know, and yeah, from there, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. should be good. We uh, we uh, have a high school teacher actually in yeah. our selection committee, uh, so he knows obviously who this young man is. And, um, it was a really good point in the night where like we're treating this guy like an adult. Yeah, and like I didn't catch it. I'm not sure if there was anybody else there that did. But at one point in time, Mike is like, look, 
like, there's going to be shit that's said here oh, yeah. that is going to be, like, because, like, every interview we're like, all right, like, we as first uh, responders, like, we got this dark humor, it's a means of coping, it's a means of processing, mm-hmm. and everybody's like, oh, okay, yeah, like, I kind of I kind of We're all adults, it. and they all kind of We're all adults, and we kind of get it. We're like, yeah, like, maybe we'll go and, like, share a drink together and, like, kind of give that talk, and they're like, okay, like, that, that's great. But then we're looking at this kid who's 16, and we're like, well, you're not going to come share a beer with us after, you know, whatever on a Saturday night. Like, yeah. you're not going to do that. Okay, so, you know, and are you really understanding what this dark humor, like, what we're trying to say here, what that's about? So we, like, he had to spell it out for him. It's like, it might give know. him a pretty good dose of hard candy. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh yeah. Awesome. It was like, <laughs> it's like, like oh, you know, yeah. like, what that's important. You here? have to. Yeah. And you we don't need to talk be aware. about this. Yeah. Right? Because this is, this is, you know, like, the, kind of the whole reality of it is is we're in a smaller community and everybody somehow knows everybody like, yeah it's like that six degrees of kevin bacon but like one or two degrees it's like everybody at some point in time has worked with kevin bacon in the movie industry you look at me like you have no idea have you ever heard that yes. well it took me a moment but yeah yeah so like we'll figure out your six degrees tonight <laughs> guaranteed you know him yeah you basically worked with, with old no so you can go like one or two pe- people away and like you will know somebody you know in town whether they're yeah. new or not you can be like okay well i don't really know that person oh well the person in the truck with me th- that their kid goes to school with, with my kid or something right so right so there is that aspect especially in a smaller you know town that will be sitting around and you know it could be a really bad call and MBI, structure firing, or whatever it is, and we're making jokes about it, and then they could go back to school or go back to like a, some some sort of a social gathering. Tell Kevin Bacon about and it. Say something, and now Kevin Bacon's like, "This motherfucker over here is <laughs> fucking running his mouth, right? Like, it's not a good look, and that's not what it's about. We are making yeah. these jokes and these kind of comments to, you know, ease our soul, like, you know. So, yeah. and that's one thing. It was hit on hard, like. These comments do not leave this hall. Yeah, and it's also important to know that, you know, we can't have certain conversations, like certain debriefings. Right. You know, when we talk about the homogenous group of people, you know, affected the same exposure level, you know, like have that kid stand there and then have all of us start ranting on about the event. Holy shit, did you guys see that arm fall off? And, yeah. everything? and he's right. going to be standing there, what the fuck yeah, like right. next thing you know we're going to be giving him trauma not even being For sure right? which is totally there. a thing mm-hmm. um so yeah that know that's super important to have those um conversations and and be aware of it and and also just our, our members being aware of it right like right. that's that's big because we can pass off um trauma and give trauma to people who weren't in the events right if we pass it off does it give us less <laughs> i don't <laughs> think it works like that <laughs> sharing is caring <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what you got going on there, Todd? <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, the high school program is exciting. Mm-hmm. I think it's super cool. Yeah. Uh, I really do, just because I was involved in the industry very young, mm-hmm. and it was a lot of fun. I was yeah. always infatuated with it. Like, I still remember, you know, when I was just a really young kid running barefoot through multiple farms, because there was a big-ass grass fire, and my dad was over there with all the fire trucks. Mm-hmm. It was the coolest thing in the world. You know, so you got hooked pretty quick. Like it's, uh, and then again, like you know, people moving into that career phase, it is an amazing career if you're going to make a career out of it. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Mm-hmm. 
do that. Don't become a paramedic. That's like winning a lottery. <laughs> What's that? It is winning a lottery. Absolutely. Fire Department Chronicles. <laughs> if you hit the red pill, <laughs> you'll be a volunteer and you'll run structure fires until the end of time. Or you can become a full time paramedic. And you know, you're gonna make his money and da, 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 or you'll be this weird combo paramedic, firefighter, but like none of the firefighters are gonna accept you. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So high school program. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and you know, actually on that topic, like if you guys are listening and you guys your department has one. You know, send us a message and let us know kind of how it runs in your department. How because every department, everybody you talk to, it is a lot different. Well, sure um, it is, so yeah. it'd be really neat to see kind of how yeah. you guys are doing it. Yeah, because some departments do only the summer. They do like a summer program. They do like yeah. a summer camp. Well, there's a few in our area. They make them run months. calls like, yeah. um, they, you know, they'll have them. They stay over the weekend and they run. They mm-hmm. run calls midnight, two in the morning, go through all different stuff. It's kind of cool. But, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, well, big white, yeah, uh, Sun Peaks. There's a, there's a variety of places in our area right. that have these uh, programs. Right. And, yeah, they are the, you know, you're the team. You're it for these months. Right. 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 And mm-hmm. they train the shit out of you. Yeah. And you come out of it with a certificate and right. off you go for your career path. Right. So, mm-hmm. pretty neat. Yeah. Um, any more for any more boys on that topic? No, I don't think so. I'm def- definitely excited to uh, see how it plays out. And, you know, the young man seems pretty eager now. As do the two other new recruits. So, yeah, yeah, it's going to be a pretty interesting eight plus weeks, and then you know, obviously beyond. Awesome. Yeah, I think we've got. Uh, we just finished up a couple of interviews as well for our department, um, and we're sliding a couple more members in. I think our training division and our hiring committee. I think they're just trying to figure out how best to fit people in now because like you guys we want to do it with a larger group yeah yeah um, especially with uh, your guys are running the full 1001 1001 yeah it's like you can't really do that with one guy no some guys like we in our other group we had some guys that are ripping through it like they're surpassing their group joining the next oh group. oh yeah i do that um, yeah it, but then some guys just life skills you know or not nice life skills life yeah. gets in the way so huh. you're just at that steady pace right but yeah awesome hmm. Well, um, let's uh, let's wrap her up, boys. Seems like we are in the middle of nowhere, sitting in a truck. Yeah, the, looks like the cabin's not on fire yet. So the cabin's not yeah, on fire I, yet. They, I haven't seen a lot of movement in there, so it could be good. They had a mean game of Monopoly going on. There's all sorts of horse trading and crazy shenanigans happening. Huh. Yeah, I did see one of them drop off the uh, top there. I'm not sure what they came down for, but uh, <laughs> off off the loft. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, what you're doing back down. Oh. Well, like I said, the bottle of whiskey's still there, it hasn't been touched, so that's yeah. good. That's good. Now, the monsters and the pop are oh, hard to say. That's what I'm kind of concerned about. Yeah, hey, bonus, yes, bonus. <laughs> um, famous for a snagger tool, um, but also famous for a whole lot of other cool tools, yeah. such as the spanners, mini spanners, the um, hydrant wrench, um, the hose straps, which I still want to get some. Absolutely. Um, hashtag give Scott a host wrap. <laughs> <laughs> Can I start my own hashtags? Absolutely. <laughs> um, Plant seed and let uh, so, you know, social media take care of the right, rest. Right, right. Um, yeah, so uh, if you want to 5% off, uh, DTFF5. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say, you're looking like I'm missing I need something. A, no. 
I need a radio harness. How about hashtag? Yeah. <laughs> Just make a goddamn radio harness. No, I want to see what they come out with because uh, mm-hmm. we love their product. So uh, I know our department, we've been talking a lot about doing something like that. Yeah. Uh, so we'll have a chat with the Chiefs once they come out with an option and see mm-hmm. what we're going to do. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, yeah, so stop the bleed. Uh, I'll take that one. Rob. <laughs> yeah, Rob. Rob, I swear to God, you are lucky you're not here. Because yeah. you would have to learn how to use a tourniquet. I would stab you in the leg. I think we're forgetting that. <laughs> There's three major bleeding controls. What's the third one? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Ah, that sounds like some more training coming your way, Rob. <laughs> to practice very It's not soon. turn over in your grave. It's turn the kick. <laughs> Yeah, so definitely, yeah, direct pressure, uh, wound packing, and tourniquet application. Um, it's, uh, like I said, it's it's very simple calm knowledge, but it's a very, very important knowledge. This is going to save your life, these skills. Um, carry your kits with you. I know this weekend hunting um, in my bag and my truck, I've got kits, and also on my jacket, I have a tourniquet in my sleeve. I have uh, some wound packing gauze with Up me. your sleeve? No, my shoulder sleeve. Oh, okay. Yeah, not my sleeve. <laughs> like you're a magician. <laughs> oh, that little pocket by your humerus, oh, right? Under, under the patch. It's a bunny rabbit. <laughs> I'm dying! <laughs> Fucking rabbits. There's white rabbits everywhere. <laughs> right? Jeez. Did you know that a rabbit's tail is really long? No. Oh, uh, it's really like a TikTok. Yeah, there's like these fucking rabbits. And they go and pull on the tail. It's like four or five, five inches. That's yeah, crazy. Is that like if it's cold out? It's We're not in motors anymore, are we? We're on Stop the Bleed. Yeah. Stop the Bleed. Um, yeah, bleedingcontrol.org. Is it? Or Stop the Bleed. Or, I don't know. I don't, I don't even go on the website anymore. Stop the Bleed.org. They change yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I haven't been on there in a while because we haven't been able to have any courses to. for a while. No, and yeah. we haven't need to. I got the course content on on the computer and yeah. let's go from there. Yeah. But most importantly, uh, if you can do it, have fun with it. High fidelity sounds. Make it real. Make it realistic. Get guys thinking. Uh, challenge them a bit, like I said with our um, uh, spray guns and stuff, and they get that uh, uh, fluid going, water going. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, if you need some product for that. Rescue Essentials. RescueEssentials.com. Yeah, they got all sorts of varieties of, uh, of supply. All the major suppliers, uh, lots of good um, training devices and aids. Go online, check them out. Thanks. Awesome. Uh, Tanner Olson. Gosh. Yeah, Tanner Olson, uh, Country Music, West Coast, Canada. Um, doing some more live shows. Uh, available on all of the uh, streaming platforms. Um, hopefully, we'll, we'll be able to have them up for our seminar this coming May, if yeah. things go right. Um Listen to them a little bit this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so check them out. Awesome. And then finally, you have uh, you have us. So check us out on our YouTube. Um, we have a lot of video content on there. Uh, we will be trying to get into a lot more here uh, now with a little bit of burn season. Uh, we can start making some more videos and stuff as well. For sure. Uh, and then springtime will be good because hopefully life is starting to get back to normal. Yeah. Um, then the Facebook, of course, and the YouTube and the TikTok. Right. That's right. Yeah. How's the TikTok video doing there? Actually? Not as good as the first one. Yeah. Still. <laughs> I agree with you. I'm just saying. Pull it. It's just oh, science. Todd, your kids ain't climbing on the ladder. Oh, Christ. Oh, we better wrap this up. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> prior, to, um, prior to pulling the pin, we should say, because uh, we uh, really plugged the shit there for a long, long while there, uh, this Seattle Sea Rat is back up for sale for a limited time. Um, if you're looking for some soft entry, um, pa- passive entry tool, uh, check that out at the uh, Seattle Sea Rep. Yeah, 
Uh, I busted mine out when we had our um, forcible entry, advanced forcible entry mm-hmm. stuff, and uh, we're doing some through the lock stuff and then some uh, just passive entry mm-hmm. techniques. Yeah. And we were playing with ours, and and it's it's so handy. And actually, a couple of guys made the comment, "Hey, I think I'm gonna buy one of these." So right. they really liked it. And then I had somebody um, reach out to me on my personal messenger and ask about it as well. So. Right. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, plug them. Definitely give them a call. It's a it's a pretty cool apparatus um, to throw in your pocket. It's it's compact. Does multiple things. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Um, Scott. All right. Ash. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Stay safe. Stay DTFF. <laughs>